And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me are two very special guests. Both of them are West Coast-based opera singers slash performers slash everything else they do. I'm pretty sure they can juggle at this point. And one of them was on episode 50 with me. It's Mary Hangley and Will Bryan, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you guys juggle? No. No, I don't. No. Nope. Damn Never it. Tried. Damn it. So sorry. <laughs> I I made a bold-faced lie before. Um damn. <laughs> How are we doing today, everyone? Good. Good. And Bob's good too. Our, our cat just maybe that meow came in came through, but our cats are around, so they Oh, might. cats. Too bad that too bad it's not that movie that we're doing. But what right. today? <laughs> Well, there is a cat in the movie that we were talking about today, which is The Muppet Christmas Carol. Remember the yes, cat indeed. scene? Yeah. Uh, the movie came out in 1992. Screenplay by Jerry Jewell, based off of A Christmas Carol by Charles, Charles Dickens. Music and lyrics by Paul Williams, directed by Brian Henson. And according to IMDb, the Muppet characters tell their version of the classic tale of an old and bitter miser's redemption on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty good. So why did you guys pick this movie? Well, um, you brought up the idea of doing a Christmas themed mm-hmm. show and we were throwing around some ideas and then it just came to me, the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's just, a classic from our childhood mm-hmm. and it would be really fun to revisit it and who doesn't love this so this was your muppet christmas movie as as children yes i would watch it as a kid yep mine wasn't this <laughs> i oh. think i'm not going to lie i think i've only seen this movie twice in my life the <laughs> the second time being right before recording this uh but growing up we had uh, we watched a different Muppet Christmas movie, which was Muppet Family Christmas. That was more like a TV movie, though, I from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So still got the Muppets <laughs> singing Christmas <laughs> songs. But so this movie, we've got a mixture of human characters and the Muppet characters. But while I was watching it, I was just wondering, could they do it, do it as an all Muppet movie? No disrespectful to Michael Caine. I mean, there's, there's the classic, I mean, you've probably done this, Mary. Like, whenever I've been in a show, we'll often do the thing of, like, we'll cast the show as Muppet characters. <laughs> so, like, you're doing Barbara Seville, and you're like, okay, so Figaro could probably be Kermit, and then Rosina's just Piggy. And, like... I mean, I'm just trying to think of a Muppet who could pull off the Ebenezer Scrooge transformation in like a hmm. I don't know I just was so taken with Michael Caine's performance I really don't know if a moment could do it and I feel bad about that so um this is I was reading this is one of the few movies where there isn't Sesame Street characters on it but I'm gonna throw right. out Oscar the Grouch as Scrooge I hmm. yes 
I think he could do it. I think he could do it, but I just don't think it would be as good. Don't get me wrong. No disrespect to Michael Caine. I was, it was just, you know, I was like, oh, like, how cool would it be if it was all puppetry and Muppets and things like that? So, but then, then, you know, he has to do so much traveling. Like, how are they going to, are they going to like put like his trash can on like a hand truck (laughs) or something? (laughs) Have it just uh, a horse drawn uh, garbage can. (laughs) I like that. One of those ones on, on wheels that janitors use. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Uh, so I, while I was watching this, I realized I I gave you guys a song list that apparently is incorrect. Uh, there are three songs that were cut from the movie but are included on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. which is the listing I gave you. Those are Room in Your Heart, uh, chairman of the board and when love is gone uh, mm-hmm. apparently they kept the when Lo- the martina mcbride version of when love is gone for the, the credits, end credits. Yeah. and well, we did do some research on the original one that we can talk about later <laughs> oh no let's talk about it now i okay I, mine is from the imdb trivia so i don't have a <laughs> i don't I, we may have the same thing but like they I read that they cut it because Disney was like, it's too sad. And this is a children's mm-hmm. movie, which I argue it's not. Um, <laughs> I think it's an everyone movie. Yes. But, so um, Mental Floss did a whole article on like things that you don't know about the Muppet Christmas Carol. And this was in it. This one little factoid. So yes, it's supposed to be a love duet sung between Ebenezer and his at the time fiance, who is named Belle. We have mm-hmm. a cat named Belle, so I feel like this is perfect. Um, and like you said, they thought it would be too slow to keep the kids' interest. Um, so this is a quote. Um, After When Love is Gone was scrapped from the theatrical release of the film, it was supposed to be included in various other editions, but eventually the master recording of the song went missing. So for years, Brian Henson, the director who is Jim Henson's son, he would regularly check to see if it's been located. They said it was the original, um, like the video of it was supposed to be in the Disney Plus version. We watched that version. It's not there. It's not there, no. It on YouTube. Oh, I, I did read, though, that it was added into like the VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, right. all the releases yeah. of that. But, and, uh, and not only is it not on Disney Plus, it's not on any of the streaming uh, services. Right. However, uh, again, according to the IMDb trivia page, so grain of salt, everyone, uh, they found they found the it, and they're going to put it in, I guess, on every platform, uh, just for an, uh, in time for its 30th anniversary next year. So oh, fun. great! I did I did see that, but I'm not sure how truthful that is. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't see it, so yeah. I mean, I was listening to the Martina McBride version. It's beautiful. It's really it nice. Is. Yeah. Plus, I the, liked sto- it. the story isn't really, it's uplifting at the end, but like, it's pretty depressing throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I, I like that there is some levity <laughs> found in the Muppets being yeah. there. Because right. You, you need to break it up. Right. And Gonzo and Rizzo helped. Yeah. immensely I think but yeah. charles dickens and- <laughs> i'm sorry Charles <laughs> Dickens. no 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 it says in the beginning the great gonzo plays charles dickens right. so i am correct saying that yeah. 
not to be hostile during a Christmas Carol. That's a Muppet version. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this would have worked though if Kermit and Gonzo switched? So okay. I'm only saying that because Kermit is not technically the lead of this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. He it, it does make sense in term in terms of the Muppet world that Kermit and Piggy play the Cratchits because they're like mm-hmm. really the only couple in the Muppet right. verse that I can think of. But like again, while watching it, I was just like, how interesting would it have been if Kermit was more the narrator? Yeah, um, I think that would be interesting. Um, I I would want to see that. I think I like how they did it because Kermit is just so. I don't know how to say this without like sounding so bad, but sometimes he can just be so pathetic. You know, true. like that's, no, that's a bad that's a bad way of describing him. Yeah, no, but it, it, yeah, it makes sense because Cratchit is a pathetic character, is sympathetic yeah. and pathetic at the same and his time. Situation is you know. right so it like it but like i said it makes sense with the couple playing the couple plus you've got crap what's the nephew's name like the guy the one who plays tiny tim is kermit's nephew i believe i remember yeah but it was already in the muppet universe yeah i also did see on the trivia page of imdb that originally the ghosts were going to be miss piggy scooter and gonzo Whoa. Mm. Where Gonzo was going to be uh, yet to come, but all you could see is his beak pointing out of the hood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, do you guys watch this like every year or something? Or, it, I, I, in my old age, I fall asleep <laughs> during every anything that's put on the TV. If I put my head down, I'm sleeping. So, like, I witness it every year and have, but I usually fall asleep. So I kind of similar to you. I watched it as a kid a bunch, but I probably haven't seen the whole thing through without a phone in my hand, Mm. not distracted in 15, 20 years. So I want to make it um, a tradition because it's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice version because I, I feel like, um, it's like true to your Christmas Carol. Yeah, like it is the, the text itself. I haven't really read it in a while. Have you guys read? I don't. I don't know if I've ever actually read it Mm-mm. all the way through. Maybe snippets here and there. Yeah, but from the various versions I've seen of a Christmas Carol, it feels like you know they pay a lot of respect to the original text, and obviously with. Um, I'll say Charles Dickens and Rizzo. (laughs) They add some levity and some humor just because, you know, it is geared towards a younger crowd. But again, I feel like anyone can watch this and it'll be fine. Right, right, right. Ooh. Okay, so I was a little confused in what part where uh, we're in the flashback of Scrooge Mm -hmm. and there's Sam the Eagle there. Uh, as the teacher? As the teacher, yeah. Gonzo calls him Sam. So I'm just like, are we watching the Muppets perform this? Or is that just like a, was that maybe a mistake? Oh my the gosh, I thing. did not catch that. Hmm. I did not catch that. 
Well, so, you know, he, Sam says, you know, something about like a great American tradition and Gonzo's like, Sam, no, we're not in America. Oh. Yeah, no, to me, that sounds like they purposefully broke the fourth yeah. wall and, and. Oh, uh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. And, and we're just like, stick to the script. Stick to the script. My God, this movie is great. Like, it's so good. I, 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 I love the songs in it. Mm-hmm. Um, have any of you performed it before? Oh. Would you perform them? Let's put it that oh, way. Oh man, I mean, like these days, I'll do almost anything <laughs> if anybody pays me. But no, but but there are some really really sweet songs, and I think, um, especially in a choral setting, some yeah. of these could be really cute. I wonder if there's like a medley for. For a choral arrangement, like a choral oh, there has there to be. be. Yeah, I could see both of you doing Marley and Marley. <laughs> um, I hope so because I don't know if you saw the choreography those guys were doing with their chains. The yeah, was, in our notes, I was like, that choreography is ten out of ten. Yep. <laughs> um. Okay, so on a on a slightly personal note, have you ever had like a post screw? post ghost scrooge moment where you know where you're like not necessarily like a better person but all of a sudden you're just like i have all this money and i should use it you know what i mean maybe not like a direct not exactly that but i i definitely have hit some low points especially during the pandemic Mm. and recently have been finding um just it's really not that bad. We never were sick, thankfully. No one that we're super close with in our families was sick. And it, and no. it was just kind of similar where he where he's like, okay, life isn't so bad. Life is life right. doesn't have to be all doom and gloom all the time. Um, look for the lighter, happier things and spread that and share that. So I've actually been experiencing that. That's really time. sweet. Yeah. What about you, Will? Any? Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think, yeah, when I was younger, I might, I feel like I was maybe confronted with like, a, you know, how, how I wanted to be in terms of like, the way I wanted to work with other people artistically. And I was, you know, decided I wanted to turn that around a bit and be more, be, be a better colleague, be a, be better, be the, be the kind of person I'd want to work with that mm. sort of thing that just, I was, I was like, I was in high school and I kind of got that <laughs> lesson of just like, huh, oh, that didn't, I did a show and I was just kind of a jerk and was like, well, that wasn't fun for me. I should try something else. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, so I'm going to assume we've all seen different versions of A Christmas Carol. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I am, rem- I don't know if I'm remembering it wrong or not, but at the end, isn't Scrooge supposed to like forgive the person he throws out of his building at the beginning of the show? Or am um, I just remembering like a version that? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. I, I don't know the source material super well. All right, audience, if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> let me us. know. <laughs> Help us. Because. Sorry. I was going to say, because, you know, you see him go through everyone. Um, Apparently they flipped the Fred and Cratchit moments. Um, 
mm. in for this movie. But I was just like, I remember him like going to that person being like, all debts forgiven. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. Huh. Well, I mean, he sort of, he kicked the <laughs> beaker and Dr. What's uh, his Bunsen name? Honeydew. Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. Mm-hmm. They, they came for charity and he kicked them out. But then right. he found them at the end and gave them, you know, a boatload of money. So maybe that... But, like, that happens. But then also oh, there's the that. the customer that's in the office at the beginning who's like, uh, it's Christmas, I don't have the money, I'm sorry. Oh, and yes, he literally right. throws yes. them out. Mm-hmm. I feel like I I'm remembering different versions where... And I don't know, again, if this is just the versions that I'm remembering or if it's actually in the source material, but like that character, um, Scrooge come across as him later and is like, your debt is forgiven for now. Merry Christmas or whatever. I still don't understand what Scrooge does for a living. (laughs) Personally, (laughs) though. So that's, that's my problem. But like... It's a, it's a different time, different place. Yeah, um, he's a money lender, isn't he? Because I think some people like would took out mortgages with him or something like that. Wasn't that what it was? That Ooh. sounds right, but I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could be making stuff up right now. I, who knows? Uh, well, it says according to Wikipedia. Okay, he does business from a Cornhill warehouse and is. Known among the merchants of the Royal Exchange as a man of good credit. Uh, so that sounds like sounds like a lender. He was a counting house. Yeah, yeah. So he he was a he was a debt giver and collector. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I uh I did read though that Michael Caine pretended like all the Muppets were people, not puppets. So I guess that's why this movie works so well because he's not treating them like inanimate objects he's treating them Mm -hmm. like fellow actors and everything uh this is this is also the first project post uh jim henson's death which uh reading that i was like oh right oh i forgot for a second Mm -hmm. so the guy who played kermit was a little hesitant to say the least right yeah but I heard that he, I read that he had um, Jim Henson's blessing. Yes. That Jim had given him his blessing before he passed, so. Mm, that's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Here's a fun fact that Will found. Um, an executive producer is Frank Oz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, well, I mean, he does several voices on The Muppets and Sesame Street. And then he also is, you know, or was for a long time the voice of Yoda on star wars so it's so cool that he was he got to be an executive producer yeah well he he was also the voice of miss piggy for the longest time miss piggy sam eagle animal fozzy right but like when you hear when you hear miss piggy you can kind of hear yoda yeah Yeah, kind of yeah and on Uh, on sesame street you can hear it in grover too mm -hmm. oh he did grover yeah i think so oh let's just walk through childhood everyone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i'm sure he was part of fraggle rock as well uh most likely because it seems like the henson corporation just like takes their people to the different projects and maybe adds new ones if needed um but this 
I really did appreciate what they did. And to me, I've se- I know another musical version of A Christmas Carol where it's all Alan Menken music. I don't know if you guys have ever heard it. Hmm. No. Wait, let me one. let me double Love check. Let me double check it's Alan Menken because I could have just totally lied to you guys, which I do from time to time. <laughs> uh, yep, Alan Menken was the composer for it. Uh, it okay. played it played here at Madison Square Garden for a few years, but the moments in this movie, um, it happened way after this movie, first and foremost, but it seemed like the moments lined up musically were like, uh, Marley had a song mm-hmm. both about death <laughs> and yep. there was the Fizzywig part, well, Fozzywig's party in this case. <laughs> yes. um, Belle gets a song. Uh, so the only thing that was a little different though is that past in the Alan Menken, Christmas past in the Alan Menken version has like a full song that goes through like a montage of the past uh, of Scrooge's hmm. past. Hmm. Y'all should listen to it if you get a yeah, chance. Like, yeah, we're we're big Alan Menken fans because oh, yeah. we love those '90s Disney movies that he did. <laughs> oh yeah, he did everything. <laughs> he did yeah, and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I don't know. Um, Paul Williams, have you heard of him before? Mm-hmm. No, I don't I think haven't. so. I don't know. Okay. Let's look at his Wikipedia page live, everyone. He wrote the theme song to The Love Boat, the TV show. Oh. oh. He nice. also... Okay. Okay. So he also... He was a big Muppet uh, employee as well, doing Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Uh, he did the 1979 Muppet movie, uh, oh. as, as well as this one. He also wrote for the show... the the uh, musical Bugsy Malone and Happy Days. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Which I believe is based off of the TV show. Okay. So good for him. But I mean, it was interesting though, that like his music didn't seem like pulled from other sources or anything like Sesame Street or anything like that. It seemed completely original and for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what did y'all think of the music? Yeah, it it was very fun, light Christmas music. Although the, I mean, we we talked about just the whole future scene is very heavy. Yeah, for something pointed at kids, all the. Oh, your people are happy you're dead and no one's gonna miss you. It's right. like wow, that's that's a lot for a kid to take in. Yeah, but I think the music, I mean it's it's written for Muppets. So it yeah. generally has a very um specific range, um a, a specific style. Um, but I think overall it was really well written for those voices, for those characters, mm-hmm. and most importantly, for us to be able to understand right. the words. Yeah, because like you've got like one sleep one sleep till Christmas or one more sleep till Christmas, where 
it's very emotional. And I had to be like, this is a kid's movie? Are we sure <laughs> this is chill for children? Or is it like for tweens or something? Because, you know, a lot of the lyrics were very adult. Oh, well, not adult, but like not not like happy-go-lucky children. Yeah. 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 And like, I know that A Christmas Carol as a story is very heavy and dark and everything. So it was just very interesting to be like the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> like not they're, they're doing a Christmas Carol. It's not like they're doing a spinoff or their own take on it. They're actually mm-hmm. doing it. Um, I'm a little sad though, that Miss Picky doesn't get a song. Come on. Yeah, missed opportunity there. I kind of wish she was in it a little more, but, you know, she she is Kermit's wife. She in so. this ver- Well, in this version, unless we get that original script where she was one of the ghosts. Right. <laughs> I wonder which one. Which one was she going to be? Do you remember? I believe I read that she was going to be past. Okay. Scooter was going to be present, and Gonzo was going to be future. But if you notice, Scooter is not... Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but Scooter is not in this movie at all. I don't think he's in it at all. Yeah, no. Yeah. He would have been a great third to Bunsen and Beaker if they were going to put him mm-hmm. back in the movie. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. At, I also read at a funny note, like, uh, at, so at the end of the movie, when Scrooge gives his employees coal, some kids were like, what did they do that was so bad that they got <laughs> <Right>. coal? <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, <laughs> you don't understand. Oh, God. So it's um, like when people now think the the floppy disk is the save icon. It's like no, that actually used to be a real thing. <laughs> As I look at my word document with the floppy, the save yeah. icon. <laughs> what well, is the concept of cut and paste? When when was the last time any of us have cut or pasted anything like really with scissors and paste? Right. It's been a while. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, do y'all have anything else you want to talk about before we get into the section I like to call sharp and flat? Um, let me think. I mean, we, I, um, there, can we talk about the ghosts? Oh, let's talk about the ghosts. Can yeah. we talk about them? Because, um, that first one, spooky, spooky baby doll ghost. Yeah, spooky baby doll. Spooky baby doll ghost. I, you know, if... I'm kind of happy, though, that they didn't go this original route with Piggy, Scooter, and Gonzo. Mm -hmm. That they created new characters. Yeah. Um, I did read that past Baby Spooky Ghost, they actually puppeteered it underwater. And that's how they filmed it. So that's why it looks so so ethereal and everything. Yeah. Um, I believe Present is one of their president yet to come are there like humans in a cost in a mm-hmm. puppeteering yeah. costume mm-hmm. where watching yet to come i was trying to figure out how they moved the fingers mm-hmm. in that suit i don't know but it to me when they were in the cemetery it really looked like that ghost was like on rollers or something because it was not walking. It was like yeah, it was kind of gliding, hovering or gliding yeah. or something. And ooh, so scary! It looks like a dementor. So good. 
Well, that is actually the actual description from the story where it's supposed to be a cloaked figure, mm-hmm. kind of like the Grim Reaper in a way. Yeah. But, oh man, these ghosts were great time. <laughs> I love the the um, ghost of Christmas present. Um, who He's the big guy with the happy face and, oh, he just... There's something so cheerful and warm about him that I want I want him in my life <laughs> a little bit. And he um they said that they based his likeness off of one of the Muppeteers. They have a big guy on staff who they were like Well he was he had also recently passed away. Oh he did? He, he was I I'm not remembering his name, but he was the other dedication. Mm-hmm. It was je- dedicated to Jim Henson and, and And someone else. Oh I didn't realize yeah, he was that guy. I think I think that was him. Richard Hunt, I believe that's his. Might, that might be it. Yeah, Richard. Maybe. Richard. It says here on IMDb, Richard Hunt could not perform any of the Muppets because he had contracted AIDS. He died a year before the movie's release. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that so both he and Jim Henson get a dedication at the end because, yeah. you know, their time they passed away, which is a it's so sad. Um, unrelated to this movie, have you all heard the song A Boy and His Frog? A Boy and His Frog? Yes. No. No, don't think so. So after Jim Hansen passed away, somebody else, I don't know the person's name, and I really don't want to look it up because I'm not going to cry live while I'm recording, <laughs> recorded, wrote this song about Jim Henson, and it's sung through Kermit the Frog. If you need a good cry, let me tell you, <laughs> listen to this song because it's all, it, it's beautiful. Um, and it's all about like, you know, Kermit's perspective of Jim Henson. Oh, oh that's I nice. know. All the feels. <laughs> there's something so enduring about the Muppets. I feel like it's similar to Charlie Brown in a way that it's like a simple concept. You know, these, they were very simple back in the day. But yeah. But they just, like, last. Charlie Brown lasts. You know, yeah. the Muppets. They're, they just, they are everlasting. Well, there's so... Something, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I just, there's something universal that you can... Especially some of the, the people like Kermit and Gonzo that you can kind of... Since they're such good protagonists, you can kind of put yourself or whoever into that yeah. Muppet and understand the story yeah i'm trying to remember because like jim henson created sesame street for children um but i felt like the muppet show was for more like adults or Hmm. or teenagers if i'm 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 trying to remember the show itself because like it was a sketch comedy show yeah or not sketch yeah it was on at night and they had uh guest actors come on mm-hmm. um which i read that michael kane wanted to be a guest originally but couldn't because of this that or the other thing so when the movie w- when this movie was being made he was like me pick me <laughs> i'm doing <laughs> i'm scrooge but uh it felt like their jokes were a little more for the show but then once Disney bought them maybe that's when they became more for kids Mm, maybe that tracks but I mean 
I, I agree with both of you. There's something just so like, you know, they're so ingrained in our generation and our childhood that it's like the they they are for kids. Um mm-hmm. and it's so endearing and sweet and everything. Cause yeah. um, you know, Sesame Street teaches younger kids about alphabet and some and sometimes about emotions and about the world and everything. But the Muppets they're not so like in your face with education it feels like mm-hmm. um they they do teach you less life lessons and everything but it's like a little more subtle yeah yeah oh man <laughs> <laughs> we went deep we did this. uh okay so let's get into sharp and flat shall we okay yes sharp flat so in this section we're going to highlight some moments whether we talked about them or not and if we liked it it's sharp and if we didn't like it or thought it could change it's flat who wants to go first um i'm gonna uh, do you do sharps first and then flat i do sharps first yeah okay okay start positive Uh, right i'm gonna i'm gonna pick one of our sharps um I I'm not gonna go with an obvious one. Let's see what the other <laughs> I've gotta say that Christmas scat. That Christmas scat yeah. with Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim and they're walking. I just it's it's kind of like a reprise of one more sleep. Um something that I wrote. It's always weird to see the entire Muppet. It's it is like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it it really but it's also a little while I was watching this movie, I like praised them in my head being like, this is genius. Like the technicalities that they had to overcome in terms of like hiding an arm or showing a full body or like, like I said, how they did the chi- the, the, the past, mm-hmm. Christmas past, like they are geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Michael Caine, it's he had to walk on these like catwalks the whole time. And so because they're, you know, below him. And so he said it was a really fun challenge. But they said this scene for the Christmas scat, um, they used like a green screen and they had this special rig of like a spinning disc so so Kermit could walk. And it was just oh. like a, a tough scene to engineer. Oh, I would never have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> All that effort for like 30 seconds 30 on screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they go hard with this with uh, with the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> so that was I'll give that's one of my sharks. Yeah. I loved the um Rizzo and Gonzo. Like I, I don't remember them being paired in anything else prior to this or afterwards. So to have them riff off each other, it was wonderful. Uh I also like the casting of the Muppet characters. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I agree with everything. And like like I said, those questions that I came up with earlier, it was just me like pondering, you know, what would it be like if? But uh, everyone was cast greatly, except for Scooter. Where the fuck was he? <laughs> <laughs> and then I really like the song Marley and Marley. Okay. Um, yep very well done um i like that they included of course those muppets would be the marley character or characters i should say (laughs) 
Uh, Will, do you have any sharps? Oh, man. Uh, well, the one thing I thought was kind of just a, a subtle little thing was in the, uh, what was it? The, um, in the, the first big number that everybody is their Scrooge number with the, with the mice family, with the <sighs> one little mouse going, please, sir, I want some cheese. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice little Oliver Twist reference. And I and I had to look up. I was like, is this an anachronism? It's not. He wrote Oliver Twist after, or um, a Christmas Carol after. So it wasn't an, an anachronism, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, well, they, I, they doing Easter eggs for Dickens. Great. Yeah. Right. I did really like the line, too. Uh, cheeses for the Mises. I laughed. Yes. I was like, that's so cute. Yep. Uh, any other sharps you have? Um, yes. So the song that Michael Caine sang, "Thankful Heart," um, something that what I just loved about it was that he's not a singer, but <laughs> they they knew what his capabilities were, and they wrote that well. There was no auto tuning. You just heard this voice, this average singing voice, and it was perfectly fine and really nice. And so. I just want to go back to those days where we don't have to auto-tune everything if it's in a movie, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, hopefully a better singer, but like... Well, of right, course, yes, also of course. hire good singers. But... <laughs> well, I mean, right. But one of the things that I also, not to throw shade, but I did also love about this, is that um, you can see that he doesn't do musicals often because when you're just delivering spoken lines, you just, it's it's comes much more naturally to him, but he was really anticipating his next singing line during the rests, and you could really <laughs> see that. You, you, you kind of like shut down for half a second, and then do and his then next turn, line. turn to do his next line, and it was just like, oh, I love that. I just loved it. He was having so much fun, you could tell. Oh, yeah. He, his whole performance is pretty incredible. And he, he took it so seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because you're saying, we're talking about how he interact with the Muppets as if they were another actor, but you could just tell it wasn't like a, oh, this is just some whatever gig I'm doing. Like, he really went for it. It was, yeah, especially those scenes where he's going into the past and the future and just, you can just see it's, like, gut-wrenching. Yeah. Yeah, the the Uh, stakes were very high. Yeah. Um, So every once in a while in this section, I come, I have what's called a natural... More music humor for everyone. It's neither a sharp nor a flat, but I feel like I need to talk about it. And that is the amount of humans as extras. Mm. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, it's great that they had Muppet extras and human extras. And that, like, you know, obviously, Belle, Scrooge, Fred, Fred's wife... Uh, and the party goers at the at Fred's party, they were humans. But I was just like, did we have to have so many humans? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, would it be odd if Belle or Fred or both were Muppets, but Scrooge was still Michael Caine? Do, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I think that could think that would still work. I don't know who you'd cast them as, but I mm, I think, you know, there's a fine line. Muppets can have like 
intimate relationships with other Muppets. <laughs> right. But I'm not sure a Muppet human <laughs> like interspecies relationships. I don't know. I feel like that would just cross the line of believability. And mm. um, so if they swear... I don't know. I, I keep. I feel like all my answers to all your questions are like, no, it's perfect as it is. Stop trying to change it. <laughs> oh no, I, mean, I hate Grant, to be that way. It is. It is a fantastic movie. Trust me. Trying to find a flat for this movie was very difficult. Right. I right. found one though. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So we'll get into. Uh, I'll do my flat then, since it'll, it'll be a sexy segue. Okay. I honestly didn't like the last line of "One More Sleep" on, uh, till Christmas. Because, you know, Kermit's singing One More Sleep Till Christmas Day. And I'm like, did we need the day? <laughs> Cut the day. Yeah. Cut it. It's it's so stupid. But I was that was really the only thing that I didn't like about this movie. Because everything else was all speculative that I was talking about. Or it's great. I mean... I guess also the fact that it wasn't part of my childhood is a flat. So <laughs> that's more about you. That's, about that's you. more about me than the that's source material. You. Yes. Do you have one for a flat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, not really. I, I did either of us find something that was one. like, oh, I did. Okay. I do have. Oh, one. you do and have we, one. And we were a little. To- we were at, at odds on this a little bit. So maybe. It, mm, okay. Tiny Tim, when he has his little song called thank no it's not thankful heart which one is it bless us all oh okay. yeah um i felt throughout this whole movie the orchestration the instrumentation for all the songs was really great it totally fit um i loved how much they relied on like the horns like the french horn probably got like so many bonuses and overtime because of just <laughs> it's just like the perfect christmas instrument totally for for um carols and stuff but all of a sudden, we get to this, like, supposed to be this really heartwarming, sweet scene where little tiny Tim is, is just singing about being thankful and grateful. And we get a Casio keyboard accompaniment. <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? You couldn't, we couldn't do piano. We couldn't do strings. It has to be a Casio freaking keyboard, like, ting, ting, tingling. No, no, so, no light string and a horn. Right. Like a sad violin, nothing. Oh. No, that's not true. They did add some in, but just like the Casio keyboard, I was just like, oh gosh, it's 1992. Yes, very 90s. Yeah, so that was mine. But the content, I think your issue with that, I was like, oh, I don't like this one. And you're like, how could you not like it? And I was like, okay, sorry. Well, it's- I think what they were probably going for is that they want it to be a smaller, more intimate thing in the house. And then... In the 90s, that probably worked, but then, you know, watching it now, you're like, oh, great, that keyboard probably cost $50, and it's But just compared janky. to everything else, it just, I think they could have made it a little more special. They, they, in the, like, one of the last choruses, it's with more orchestra, wasn't it? I think, I think later on it was, they put some strings and whatnot. I, they it. did add to it, but it just, yeah. it just felt like. I don't know. It, it, Christmas it, shoes. It, it felt like Christmas shoes. It didn't shoes. age well. No. I love doing this podcast with musicians. Because <laughs> <laughs> y'all will y'all will talk about music. I'm just like, this is great. We're nerding out. And <laughs> hopefully somebody out there is like, oh yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I did also another fun fact. I'm throwing them everywhere in this episode. I, I did read that this is, if it's not the only, it, it is one of the few uh, versions of A Christmas Carol that actually shows how sick Tim is mm. because you have him coughing. So it would be like whooping cough or something that mm-hmm. yeah. causes him to die. Um, frail and small and everything Mm -hmm. but like in other versions you see him with the crutch you see him struggling to walk but like the fact that they added an extra layer yeah oh this is so dark for them seriously it yeah it i mean they don't shy away from the guts of the story which i think also speaks to how it appeals to everyone you know it's really not just a kid's movie um, I well, feel like for little kids, they might need to watch it with their parents. Though. Well, and, yeah, so. no, because how many Muppet things depict death in a serious way? Like, oh. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking Muppet Treasure Island. You killed dead Tom, but like, obviously, that's <laughs> the black a spot. Joke. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this is definitely the darkest to date. Right. Who knows what the Muppets are going to do in the future? Yeah. Uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? So okay, by, th- I, oh, by this question, I mean, like, no video. It's only audio, like you're in the car driving somewhere or you're, I don't know, just listening to music one day, that kind of a thing. I'm going to say the first song about Scrooge. It's just, really? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. I just like, mm, mm. I just it's, bop <laughs> so hard to it. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It's just, I don't know. It's something about the way they wrote that. It, I just think it's so catchy. Yeah. Well, I thought the first couple numbers had pretty, gave me big sea shanty vibes. Yeah. You uh, said maybe, Marley Marley. Yeah. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it was the, it was the, the harmony or something, but I was just like, this seems like a sea shanty. Yeah. I would agree with Marley and Marley and also throw in Christmas scat. Christmas scat, right? It's Christmas fun. Scat. It's fun. I believe, I literally just watched this, but I'm blacking it out. They're just, singing there's no music underneath right yeah it's just the two of them kermit's like scatting a quasi bass line and then tiny tim's singing i think so one yeah. more sleep for christmas right yeah i'm hearing i'm hearing kermit like boop, 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 you know yeah exactly yeah but there's no like orchestration i mean no it's just it's so. acapella just the two of them yeah yeah i'm a fan of acapella <laughs> <laughs> i'll i'll say it here and now i love it Especially, well, when it's done right, I should say. Yes. We've all heard bad acapella. <laughs> Indeed. And on that note, no pun intended, uh, we're done with the episode. Mary and Will, do you have anything you want to plug or promote? Got any shows coming up? Um, I have a couple more performances of Cozy Fantute with San Francisco Opera. I am a chorister with San Francisco Opera. And we also, in December, we have a chorus concert coming up, two performances of that. So if you're in the Bay Area, come check it out. And if you're in Western New York, like John and I spent quite a bit of time many moons ago, um, the Buffalo Philharmonic is doing a a family-friendly version of the Magic Flute in January. And um, it's actually going to be done by all SUNY Fredonia alum and or faculty and oh, wow. so they graciously invited me back to be first lady so i'm so excited to do that and that i think is january 22nd 23rd 
Klein Hands musical Buffalo. Is it in English or is it in it German? It's in English. Yeah. So family friendly. Bring your kids. Bring your grandma. It, bring anyone. It's so funny saying the family friendly version of Magic <laughs> Food because it's still like you got to go kill this person. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think by that they just mean like it's going to be shorter it's <laughs> and yeah, it might be like cuter to look at for kids. And you were playing what role? First lady. The of the trio. The, of the trio, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know opera sometimes. Yeah, you do. <laughs> And if you want to answer some of the questions that we couldn't answer earlier in this podcast or tell me more about Muppet Christmas Carol or any operas, I guess, you could email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. Let us know your memories about the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's not a Muppet Christmas Carol. It's the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, it is. I don't know why. I guess because the Muppet christmas carol like because it's the muppets and then i i'm i'm pulling it christmas a christmas carol isn't it yes it is okay charles dickens a christmas yes yeah Yeah. so it's very it's very interesting uh uh, that one little article (laughs) uh the word uh but uh and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation we're going to be talking about Santa Claus is coming to town. The Rankin and Bass movie. Oh, <laughs> we go everywhere. The claymation. Ones? The claymation. Yeah. Oh, I love those. <laughs> we are into the holiday season. We're going to be doing more holiday stuff, everyone. Ooh. So, thank you again, Mary and Will, for coming onto the podcast. Will, welcome to the family. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, we'll have you guys come back to another episode maybe in the future. Who knows? Uh, But until next time, everyone, bye for now. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. (laughs) 